The Minding Your Mind podcast, raising awareness and breaking the stigma around mental health. I think we're on, you know, a fast track to really making a huge impact to normalize, you know, sobriety and recovery. And I think in part, normalize asking for help for everybody. Hello and welcome to the Minding Your Mind podcast. My name is Jordan Burnham and I will be your host for today's episode. For this episode, you'll be hearing my interview with Austin Cooper. Austin is a sober influencer who created the Instagram page Sober Evolution, which offers strength and hope in the form of lighthearted pictures or memes where the captions give really powerful words of wisdom from Austin himself. He also gives a really interesting perspective with his experience of speaking on an often anonymous subject on a public platform and the role that the online recovery community played during the global pandemic. I hope you enjoy my interview with Austin Cooper. Okay, with us today, we have Austin Cooper. Austin is the founder of Sober Evolution, an online recovery community dedicated to helping people heal from drug and alcohol addiction. Austin, how are you? Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. It, it truly is an honor. Um, you know, with everything that you're doing, I'm truly inspired. So thank you. Because you are someone who speaks so openly on your story and speaks openly about being in recovery, I was hoping to start by having you share a bit of your story and how your recovery journey began. Sure. Yeah. I mean, as you and I were talking about earlier, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and, you know, when I was a kid, I, I, you know, had a really good childhood and upbringing, and I, I'm very blessed to have that. Um, things were, you know, sunshine and rainbows until, you know, I started, I guess, getting more into school and activities and things like that. And it was interesting because, you know, I went from being and outgoing and, you know, just bolsterous and, and, you know, happy kid all of a sudden to, you know, getting picked on here and there, which just completely crushed, you know, that uh, ego, I, I, I guess you could say, and um, my self-esteem and I didn't know how to deal with it. And um, so, yeah, right around the end of elementary school is kind of when that part changed. And, you know, what was interesting is it just, you know, kind of built up over time. And I had my core group of friends, which, you know, were just incredible. Um, however, once I turned 15 years old, that's when I drank alcohol for the first time. And um, it, it was something that, to me, felt like an elixir to my self-esteem issues. And, you know, it, it was that medication and you might hear the term, you know, self-medicating quite often. And a lot of times, you know, we associate that with people who are, you know, of the adult age, um, self-medicating using alcohol or drugs. But this started when I was a, a kid and I didn't even realize, you know, that's what it was. Um, but it was so important to me to be able to, you know, lower my guard and have a high self-esteem, especially being someone in high school where, you know, uh, of course, it, your social life is very important to you. And um, it was to me. And 
So yeah, I mean, really that first time that I got a buzz from alcohol, uh, I was hooked, absolutely hooked. And, you know, one thing led to another to where I was prioritizing alcohol over everything else. So instead of grades and my good relationships, you know, with my family and friends, it was all geared towards at the time, the weekend and, and meeting new people and partying and things like that. Um, and, you know, I, I had what I thought at the time was a great time, although everything else was kind of in starting to go in the red, you know, it, it went on into college, you know, I was lucky enough to uh, go to college. And unfortunately, uh, I did not take advantage of my opportunity to go to college there. It was more, you know, I, I felt this sense of freedom that, you know, I finally had. I didn't have my parents, you know, down my back or anything like that, trying to get me to study. And so everything I did almost every day was involved with alcohol. And, you know, that also intermixed with drugs as well. Um, you know, from experimenting to drugs to finding ones that I really liked and ones that temporarily made me feel better. Um, you know, I just thought I was living the normal college life at that point. Um, it's what I saw other people doing. And I just, you know, figured that uh, I was fine. I was going to, you know, skate through college. I was going to get a degree. And then, you know, eventually I would get my life together and stop focusing so much of my time on alcohol. Um, but, you know, I started facing severe consequences. Uh, not only did my grades really fall there, um, I had to drop out of college. I could not afford my bills. I could not afford to eat. Um, you know, I had so many experiences, you know, where I just couldn't do anything. And as soon as I would get a paycheck, I would spend it all on alcohol. And, you know, I finally realized that maybe I had a problem with alcohol if I was spending everything on it and all of my time on it. Um, and really, you know, around that same point in time, I started getting or feeling, you know, really down and, and depressed and um, just not feeling good mentally at all. Um, I, I wasn't sure what that was or where that came from. But, you know, at the time, the temporary elixir for that as well was alcohol and drugs. It made me feel better temporarily. But whenever I was not using those things, I was at an ultimate, ultimate low um, to where, you know, I was at the point where I couldn't see myself getting out of, you know, the damage that I had already caused. And I was really at the point where I wasn't sure if I, I even wanted to live anymore. Um, and, you know, my family started seeing that I ended up having to move back into my parents' basement um, because I couldn't afford anything else. And I'm just so lucky that my parents noticed that, although, you know, years went by of them trying to tell me that alcohol was the issue or my friends were the issue. You know, I felt like I had to defend myself there. And, you know, I would start hiding, you know, as much as I could, my alcohol, my drug use while living in their basement. I, I literally became a stranger living in their own house at that point. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to go into detail about, you know, the ultimate lows uh, that I, I felt, but I just, I was at a point where it was, 
something needs to change or, you know, I'm going to end up passing away. And, um, you know, my family ended up uh, presenting me, I think just, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but the perfect time, it was, you know, some sort of divine intervention um, that turned out to be an intervention that you see on like the TV show, for instance. And at that point I had, you know, two choices. It was either continue down the path I was going, which was not not going to end well for me or, you know, give it everything I've got and put my heart and soul into getting away from drugs and alcohol. And I chose that. And, you know, really I had to choose quickly because if I overthought about it, I knew that I would go back to doing what I was doing and I would lose everything. I wouldn't have a place to live. I wouldn't have a car or a phone or friends or family, anything. Um, and so I made that instant decision. Let's just do this. Let's put all the effort that I had put into, you know, using drugs and, and you know, drinking alcohol before. Let's focus that type of energy only towards something that was positive and that could potentially help me build my life and and feel good and, you know, start gaining you know, back my independence again in a, in a positive way. And so, yeah, I mean, that's when I uh, went to treatment um, for my addictions and, you know, that's where my life completely flipped around and where I really, you know, as scary and hard as it was at the time, um, I look back in hindsight that that was the greatest moment of my entire life. So how old were you when you got sober? I got sober at 25 years old. Do you think getting sober at a younger age made things even more difficult for you? Well, yes. I mean, to an extent, I I mean, I think it was just because I still had so many people that I was friends with that were still out partying and drinking and all of that. And I think that was one of my biggest fears is how do I have fun at 25 years old, you know, without alcohol and drugs? I mean, that's all I knew for 10 years straight of having fun and having a good time. Although, you know, of course, in hindsight, I, I know that really wasn't the case that it was fun anymore, especially towards the end. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that was my biggest fear and my biggest kind of pushback. I remember sitting in the car on my way to, you know, go to the treatment center and just thinking like, what have I, you know, accepted here? Um, that's when a whole rush of, you know, not necessarily regret, but, you know, f- just, I guess those innate fears that told me, well, your life's going to change in many different areas, not just the aspect of not picking up a drink again. Um, you know, your friendships might change. Uh, your activities are going to change. Your weekends are going to change. Your nights are going to change. Um, so I think those were kind of the, um, you know, big things that I was afraid of right from the get-go. Within sobriety, you're trying to find a support system and and just trying to take it a day at a time. Within sobriety, you're doing that. But outside, what are the things that you try to change as far as maybe coping mechanisms, maybe hobbies that were different that you picked up on? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, one of the it's interesting because the few classes that I actually paid attention to during college and and during high school were both uh, psychology and nutrition, and I knew um, how intertwined first of all those two things were, um, but also 
you know, the whole process of our bodies being able to create, you know, the feel good chemicals so like, you know, serotonin, the endorphins, uh, dopamine, things like that. And I knew from those courses that the fact that I was had been drinking for so long, my body relied on drugs and alcohol to produce those. And so as soon as I cut those out, well, my body doesn't know how to naturally produce them really anymore. And so I knew from those courses and what I had learned that it was important for me to focus on my health, um, you know, not just my mental health, but also my physical health, because those two go very much hand in hand. And so even while I was in, you know, rehab, the little time that we would have in between, you know, meetings and, and uh, lessons and things like that, I'd be working out and I would focus my diet as much as I could. We didn't really have all that much to choose from at the treatments that I went to, um, you know, not the fanciest or anything that you see on TV, but, you know, try to eat as healthy as I possibly could. And, you know, pretty fairly quickly, um, you know, it, I really started noticing, you know, these good feelings again. And a lot of it came, you know, following me eating healthy and, you know, exercising. And so that became a huge focus for me early on, as well as, you know, trying to figure out what my goals were in life. Um, I mean, we all know how good it feels to accomplish goals. And I was like, huh, I wonder if I could, you know, write out a bunch of different goals and start knocking them out, even if they're little goals um, or, you know, just kind of a sub goal that gets me to a bigger goal that's a pretty good way of feeling better. And so I focus heavily on that and I gained, you know, business mentors and, and friends. And I, I really, you know, started networking right from the get-go and, and meeting all of these inspiring people um, who really helped. And of course, you know, connecting online, I think, you know, social media can be a bad thing or a negative thing, but, you know, it can also be a very, very positive thing. And, you know, what I did is focus on the positivity and really cleaned everything out that I needed to, to get rid of that negativity and um, put more of that positivity in front of my face when I'm looking at it and joining groups and, and support systems and things like that. So those are, uh, I'd say probably the three main things that uh, I focused on outside of, you know, the more tangible groups that I could be a part of. So staying on that topic of how social media can be a positive thing for people in recovery, I think that's a perfect segue into Sober Evolution. Could you tell us what Sober Evolution is, how it got started, and the inspiration behind it? Well, the big inspiration, I, I'd say for me, um, which I actually I should have mentioned earlier, but something that planted a seed you know, in my head, I think maybe a year before my family presented me with the intervention, was actually seeing an old friend um, from high school on social media post that he was going to rehab for um, drug addiction. And I, first off, I was just, I was thrown back because I had never seen anyone be, you know, that transparent before about something that is, you know, so serious. And, you know, unfortunately in, in society or a lot of places in society, not as much anymore, but back then, you know, it was frowned upon to have an addiction, or at least, you know, that was my perception. So I was really proud of him, you know, even as I was going through, you know, this myself, and I was not asking for help, I was still I, I looked up to that so much, and it planted such a good seed. And I think, you know, I credit a lot of 
being able to see that and being being able to see his progress online um, towards me saying yes to going to treatment. And so, you know, I always, after starting my recovery and starting to, you know, feel really good and starting accomplishing my own goals, it was like, I wonder how, you know, I might be able to plant that seed in, in someone else's mind. And I became very open, you know, on Facebook with that. And uh, eventually I thought, you know, how can I get this to even more people? How can I, you know, catch people's attention so that they read, you know, my post or something like that? Um, and right around the time, I actually had a business, business mentor who said, you need to start reading some of these books, threw me a stack of, you know, books, uh, personal development books. And I wasn't big on, on reading, especially not personal development books, um, just because, you know, I, I thought those were oh, just a way for someone else to, you know, make money and try to sell me on something. But, you know, I saw all that this mentor was accomplishing and I decided to listen <clears throat> and I picked up, uh, I was actually thinking grow rich, which, you know, the title turned me off right away. However, I really started, you know, applying some of these mentalities to my own life and it started making a difference. And, you know, I read certain quotes in these personal development books that would really change my perspective or my perception of certain aspects of life for the better. And I was like, I wonder if I could, you know, get this out to more people and tell them, you know, what it means to me and how it's changed my own perspective. And so I thought, well, I'll try it on Instagram and we'll see what happens. And so I really just started posting quotes and my experiences and, you know, it just really exploded. Um, a lot of people really resonated with uh, what I was saying and what I was posting. And um, it just meant so much to me to see someone, even if it's just their day being positively affected, that just meant so much to me and just, you know, put fuel uh, within me to really keep growing it and, and keep reaching more people. And, you know, it just built and, and grew. And I worked on, have worked on different projects here and there. I started, you know, a clothing company back in 2016 when I started that, um, <clears throat> really just to be able to wear, you know, who you are loud and proud. Um, and uh, that really did amazing things, you know, for people all around the world. And I, I was just beyond happy to see the positive effects uh, that it was having because other people might be walking by and you see this person, you know, walking around with the shirt that, and I'm wearing uh, one today that says recovery on it and that's it and ask about it and, you know, say, you know, that's something I'm dealing with too. What did you do, you know, to start your recovery journey? Just, uh, you know, as a conversation starter, I think uh, it has huge benefits. And then, you know, people saying that uh, on TV or online um, as well as just wearing yourself loud and proud and um, helping with those self-esteem problems as well. So done things like that and, and thrown events uh, really just through promoting it through, you know, sober evolution and, and getting a lot of people involved and, um, you know, working with groups of people. So I've been able to do some amazing things with it. And I, I just keep coming up with ideas. And a lot of it's inspired by, you know, so many of the people that have joined, uh, you know, sober evolution on, uh, on Instagram and, and Facebook and things like that. So it's uh, it's a work in progress as always, but uh, it's really just something that I love being a part of and, um, you know, putting more into every day.
you wearing that shirt and it's saying recovery actually kind of leads into my next question about anonymity, because that's usually what people think of when they think of recovery. Um, And when they think of the different groups that you can go to the different meetings, how do you, how do you navigate that when it comes to, how do you feel about that? I should say Uh, maybe some of the conversations that you may have with people in recovery. And do you think that's kind of changing? Well, yes, I definitely think it is. However, I still think it's perfectly okay to, you know, want to be anonymous. I mean, I talk to people every every day who, you know, are remaining anonymous and, and they have their own reasons for that. And I truly respect it. Um, and, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, most everybody has heard of, you know, the 12-step program, uh, the different programs involved with that. Um And that's, you know, what draws people to it. And, you know, the thing that I've noticed is that, you know, there are multiple pathways of recovery and mine's a little, you know, different from everybody else's and that's okay too. It's what works for me. And, you know, that's why I speak out about it is, you know, you can't, you know, teach a fish to climb a tree and, you know, the same goes for um, ways people recover or, you know, similar to ways people learn too, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I'm all open about it. And, you know, I've been able to reach so many people because of my openness with it and have been able to help people right from the get go, um, you know, receive the help that they need or get get started on their own pathway of recovery. And, you know, that's what it's all about, in my opinion, is is just really being a good example. So I'm all for the openness and and I love it. What has been your experience with social media as far as maybe some of the comments you received or the people that have reached out to you? Because it's a very vulnerable topic and speaking about recovery is very personal. So yeah, I was wondering what that experience has been like for you being on a public platform. Sure. I mean, you know, really, I I get just a ton of different and unique questions. Um... And I think it's just the most fulfilling thing to be able to kind of answer it through. And the way I answer things really is just through my own personal experience. You know, I, I never try to tell people exactly what they need to do because, you know, I don't know their life story or experience, but it's like, okay, this is what I did. These are the steps that I did. And seeing them grow throughout the years is just incredible. I mean, I, I, Occasionally, I receive, you know, a message saying, hey, a few years ago, you know, I reached out and just asked this question, you answered it, and I've been, you know, in recovery ever since. Like, that's the greatest feeling in the world. Um, And, you know, I've had some negative, you know, criticism about being open, uh, about, you know, having had t-shirts in the past, even, you know, just the certain things. And, you know, I just, I try to just tell them about my perspective. And a lot of times, you know, that really opens minds. And sometimes, you know, we just might not agree on things and that's okay. Um, But uh, yeah, I'd say 99.9% things have been extremely positive and and encouraging. And um, it's amazing too, because, you know, a lot of people are able to get connected and become lifelong friends just through, you know, being mutual Uh, I guess you could say followers of Sober Evolution. No, I appreciate you saying that because I love that you are one of those people who says, here's how I went through some of the things that I did and here's what helped me. 
And I think by not only leading by example, but then also sharing that is a really powerful way to help people. So um, thank you for doing that. Yeah, of course. I think, you know, that and being resourceful is uh, such a, a great thing because, you know, being able to provide multiple resources um, is just vitally important because, you know, I can provide them with one and, and that might not work for them. And now what? So, yeah, um, I'm actually in the process of building a brand new resource website, you know, that is geared towards multiple pathways and um, just so anybody can go on there and find some sort of help or guidance uh, for themselves. During this quarantine, how helpful do you think the online presence for the recovery community is during this time period? And how many people have reached out to you that find themselves in a situation where they can't go to the meeting that they're used to going to and they can't meet with the people that they're usually meeting with? Yeah, I mean, you know, in a lot of cases, it's been forced <laughs> upon so many of us. Um, whether, you know, we like it or not, it's a tool that's here and it's available. And, you know, I do believe that it's been extremely helpful. I mean, I, I see more and more people tapping into, you know, the online meetings and discussions and seminars or webinars, um, things like that, that provide really valuable information as well as support and, uh, you know, knowledge and wisdom and things like that. I, I think, you know, the online communities are, you know, very, very highly important right now. Um, I think, yeah, a lot more people are being forced to go online, you know, whether they they like it or not, you know, they're trying to connect. And I think that's an amazing thing. I, I just, my hopes are that we can get even more people connected, you know, during this time until we can go back to, you know, having the in-person traditional meetings. Um, because I, I know that, again, you know, it's hard. You can't necessarily teach a, a fish to to climb a tree. And a lot of people going to meetings in person has been their way, um, you know, their biggest tool in recovery. Uh, there is such a different aspect to, you know, being face to face in person opposed to uh, looking at a screen. Um, and so that piece, I think, is missing for a lot of us, um, but especially those who have relied on that, you know, solely up until this point. So hopefully, you know, we can keep growing the online community and, and reaching more people um, so that more people can come, you know, aboard and, and, you know, receive that support that they need to get them through this time. So another question I wanted to ask you about is men opening up and asking for help and talking not only about their mental health, but also being in recovery. Is that a barrier that I know I faced? Uh, is that something that you faced and in your time of recovery and with engaging with people on social media, do you see that as something that's been changing over time? Yeah, that is a great question. And I love answering, uh, you know, this question because um, when I was a kid, I remember uh, distinctly we were driving around, you know, I think we were coming home from Dayton, Ohio, headed towards Columbus, Ohio. And I remember we got lost. My dad was driving and uh, we were lost and, you know, there was no cell phones at the time or anything like that to try to get unlocked. And my mom's like, "Hun, why don't you just ask the person standing here? He's like, no, honey, I've got this. Well, you know, it took us an extra two hours to get home. So 
from you know a trip that should have lasted 45 minutes and uh but you know unfortunately what i saw was you know this big old man my dad you know did refuse to ask for help because he thought he could do it for himself and you know kind of more of what that told me was men don't ask for help they don't need help you know we're we're strong and big and uh, we can deal with this and figure it out on our own um and unfortunately you know when it came to the point that I knew I had a problem, you know, with alcohol. I had that same mindset that, oh, you know, I'll figure this out on my own, you know, I'll get over it, I'll, you know, find a different route, whatever it may be. And, you know, for a couple of years, you know, that's what I dealt with is just this kind of cycle um, that I was going through of addiction without ever asking for help. Um, But, you know, I remember during the intervention, Although I had said yes before, you know, my family could really get into detail of everything. They asked me, you need to ask for help, you know, and that's where, when we'll give it to you. And I asked for help, you know, right there. And um, it just obviously, you know, throughout the few weeks that I was in rehab, a lot of my mindset had changed for the better and I was feeling better. And especially, you know, after the 30 day and 60 day, once, you know, my, my physical health started improving as well. It's like, man, I asked for help this one time and I have seen so many improvements in my life. Why don't I ask for help for the next thing? Uh, My goal was to become a real estate agent at the time. And normally, you know, I would try to figure stuff out like that by myself. Well, instead I decided to ask for help. And uh, I asked for help by so many different people that finally I gained this, you know, highly successful real estate agent mentor for free. And, you know, she really helped me uh, in regards to all the steps uh, when I was a real estate agent in Ohio. Um, And from that on, it's just like, what else can I, now my mindset is what else can I ask for help about? You know, what's this next obstacle in front of me or what's this next goal Okay. And once I have that drawn out, it's like, who can I ask for help from? And, you know, that's my go-to. I don't see asking for help as a weakness at all. I mean, it's mind blowing that I thought that before um, because now it's like my biggest tool and it's helped me, you know, succeed in in so many different areas of life. Um, And, you know, I do believe that people are starting to open up, uh, you know, men in particular, uh, in reference to your question, um, I do see that more men are, but, you know, it's still not enough. I, I think, you know, more people such as yourself and, and myself and, and others who, you know, are speaking out um, are vitally important right now because this does teach men that, you know, it's, a, it's not just okay to ask for help, but it's like the greatest tool you could ever ask for. You know, you, you have this goal ask for help and you shall receive and, and, you know, you, you'll reap the benefits of it. And it's the greatest, uh, you know, thing you could have in your toolbox um, to begin with. So I think we are making improvements, uh, you know, as a society, as, as a whole, um, but we still have a long way to go. And, you know, that's another reason why I'm grateful for you and uh, what you do and, and you bringing me on here as well to talk. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Austin. I appreciate that. Were you nervous when you decided I'm I'm going to be public about being in recovery? 
Well, I mean, yes and no, because as I mentioned earlier, when I, you know, was presented with the intervention. So I'll tell you a little bit more about that. Um, I was at work one day and my boss said, hey, you want to go to a, a business meeting with me? which was weird because I hadn't been to a business meeting with him in like two years at that point. I was like, okay. And, you know, we drove uh, through uh, Columbus and um, went to this one building and I'm like, this isn't, this doesn't look like the right kind of building uh, to be in a business meeting. But, you know, he kept talking to me to keep me distracted. Anyway, you know, we walk uh, up to a door and some lady comes up and she's like, are you Austin Cooper? And I'm like, Yes, this is definitely not a business <laughs> meeting. My heart you know, was racing. And I, I thought, like, because I had been such a terrible employee, to be honest, I mean, I barely showed up, you know, to do work. Um, I thought, you know, maybe they're filing a lawsuit against me because I haven't done a whole lot and they've been paying me this whole time. So, you know, I was I was very scared at the time. She brought me to a door and that door cracked open about that, that much. And I could see my family sitting in this room. And I knew just by the looks of it that I was walking into an intervention. And, you know, since, since being in recovery, I forget exactly who authored, uh, you know, the five, I, I don't know if it's the five second rule, the three second rule, but, you know, basically when you're, in a place where you have to make a decision on one thing or another, don't take more than five seconds to, you know, decide the best path. Now I know that's not, may not be the case in every situation, but this was one of them for me. And, you know, naturally my whole life flashed before my eyes and, you know, within that split second of that door opening, you know, I thought to myself, if I think about this too long, I'm going to talk myself out of it and I'm not going to have this opportunity again to get help. And so really within just a couple seconds, while that door was opening, I had already decided that I'm going to treatment, period. Um, and that was such, it was a decision-making process I don't think I had ever made before. Um, but it was me, it was that leap of faith. I mean, I relate it to jumping out of an airplane with a parachute, you know, skydiving, which I've done, I, I had done before. I didn't have much of a choice of, jumping out of the plane because this you know, big, strong guy was strapped onto me and, you know, pushed me out of the plane. But um, it felt, you know, kind of like that, you know, it was a leap of faith and one that, you know, brought so many good things uh, to my life. And so I relate that to becoming open and public about my recovery because it, it really, it was something that just popped up in my mind and it was like, you know what? And everything flashed before my eyes. What are people going to think of me? You know, how is this going to affect, you know, my professional career? Um, <clears throat> you know, this, all, all of those things really flashed, but I said, you know what? Nope, just going to do it. And literally just, that was the end of, you know, that decision-making process, no matter what thoughts came up while I was, you know, making whatever my first post was, um, I had already made that decision to do it. And that's when I started. And, you know, of course, you know, I got some weird feedback that before, you know, my low self-esteem would have, you know, crumbled me for, but also in that decision-making process, it was like, I am not going to care about, 
the negative stuff that other people say that I will not let that affect me from here on out. And the good feedback that I got was truly incredible. Not only that, but people who I had no clue who were in recovery would reach out to me and give me so much, you know, love and and support through that. And that is when I knew it's like, I made a good decision and I can actually reach the right people with this and I'm going to continue doing that. So that was, you know, that was my thought process. It was, you know, just a kind of a thought came up in my head. I made that split second decision and decided not to let anything negative, you know, affect this decision and go forward with it no matter what. Jump out of the plane. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. How have you seen the recovery community grow online? And what gives you hope moving forward? Yeah, I mean, it has blown up. Um, even since I really started tapping into it in 2016, I mean, it has grown exponentially from what I can tell. I mean, between the online, you know, groups, the, you know, social media influencers, and, you know, not to mention that, you know, we're seeing more and more recovery-based TV shows and, and, you know, stuff in the news media, um, you know, celebrities and things like that be, becoming open about it, you know, I think we're on, you know, a fast track to really making a huge impact to normalize, you know, sobriety and recovery. And I think in part, normalize asking for help for everybody. Um, I mean, yeah, from my perspective, uh, since being, you know, very in tune since uh, starting Sober Evolution, in 2016 to today, I mean, it has grown, you know, a hundredfold, at least, uh, from what I can tell. And what was your, what was the last part of your question? <laughs> um, well, you kind of answered it. I was, I was the second part was just what gives you hope moving forward. But I think you answered it right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, uh, I, I mean, I know for a fact that you know we're going to start flipping the script there, and uh, you know, truly, truly impact this world. Um, in a great way. And, you know, I think this goes, this isn't just about, you know, sobriety or recovery. This goes for, you know, mental health too. Um, I've seen this just, you know, grow and grow and grow through social media, uh, through, you know, TV and and other sources of media and just people, you know, such as yourself and I, you know, having conversations like this, it's, it's growing and it's not going to stop. It's only going to keep getting better. And I think, you know, in the process, we'll start seeing more and more resources um, pop up so that we, you know, can reach and help more people. So very optimistic. So to end, I would love for you to share with the audience, where can we follow you? Uh, Where can we follow the many projects that you have upcoming? Cool. Yeah. I mean, the best place uh, would definitely be Instagram at Sober Evolution. I mean, really, you know, I, I include all my links in there. And as I mentioned right now, I've got a website on, under construction. Um, and my goal is to, you know, be uh, more of a resource, um, not just, you know, someone that, you know, is sharing positive messages, but who is providing, you know, or just, you know, presenting all these different resources for both uh, recovery as well as, you know, recovery with mental health. So that's a, a big project. I'm working on. Um, and, you know, we'll just see what the future holds. I'm sure, you know, once uh, we're able to, 
not be on lockdown uh, and we can, you know, be together again. Um, I'm sure, you know, I'll probably start hosting some more uh, events in person, just fun events that I've done before where, you know, we have a food truck and we have music and just have a good time without there being alcohol or drugs, of course. Um, so stuff like that is uh, really what I'm looking forward to in the future. And I think, you know, beginning of next year is when that uh, website should be up and published. Austin Cooper, thank you so much for coming on to the Mining Your Mind podcast to give your words of wisdom, uh, sharing your story and giving everyone a message of hope. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, really, I, I'm beyond grateful that you invited me to be on your show. I, I think, you know, again, what you do is really something special and it's making a big difference. Okay, thank you again to Austin for coming on and giving such a powerful and inspirational message about not only sobriety and recovery, but as he said, this is about mental health too. Now, at Minding Your Mind, we're always looking to speak about all of the things that fall under the mental health umbrella, which is why I think having conversations about addiction, alcoholism, drug misuse, and recovery are all incredibly valuable conversations for people to hear. And having Austin come on and open up that conversation is something that I really enjoyed, and I hope all of you did as well. I look forward to following the way that Sober Evolution continues to grow moving forward, and for you, the audience. I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening. And in case no one told you today, please know, you are loved, the world needs you, and are so glad you're here. I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning into the show. To learn more about us, visit mindingyourmind.org.